Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hi and welcome to Get Out of My Pod. I'm Una. I'm Nav. And we're back. Week three of the revamped series. Absolutely. And so much has happened this week as well. It's been really exciting. It was a jam-packed week, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It was quite it was quite a nice um follow-up, I think, from last week's episodes. Yeah, I thought so. I was kind of wondering though, because like so much happened and you were saying this that you kind of felt like you know they were really like racing ahead with storylines because i guess things are still quite uncertain about like whether they're going to be able to keep filming all the time and like what all the regulations are going to look like and like yeah i was like are they just trying to like get through storylines really really quickly so that they don't end up with like actors having to leave or like things having to change and like everything yeah. being unresolved i think so i think they've had to anticipate like every scenario what i hope though is that okay maybe it's for practical reasons i also hope like it's a little bit of a response to criticisms that they've had so i hope like over the summer they've thought about okay we weren't doing that so well things were maybe moving too slow we're gonna have a chat about the kids in eastenders this week and i hope that was a response to to some criticism so i i like to think it's just a kind of okay you know what let's take this opportunity to reset and improve the quality yeah, I think it could be that because like there was this thing before the pandemic where they had like a lot of quite long term storylines, but like they were leaving them for so long and it felt like they didn't really know what they were doing with them. And then things would just like drop off. So there were so many like loose ends just kind right. of left. Right. It was very, very much dragging. I tell you what, though, the other reason why I said it was an exciting week was uh, we had a bit of interaction with uh, probably our favorite or one of our favorite cast members. Oh my god, it was so exciting. Absolutely. Balvinda Sopal, who plays uh, Suki, she uh, she responded to a, a tweet that we, we put out. Yeah, it was so cool. I think it's probably my proudest moment. I mean, despite me having nothing to do with the Twitter account and you doing it all. You're, you're a part of it. You're very much. She was responding <laughs> to us. Well, I'm not okay. I'll be honest. So about a week or two ago, I saw that she interacted with Walford Weekly and she clearly listened to their podcast. Not going to lie, was a little bit jealous. Yeah, wow. I mean, they have put the work in, though. I feel like they've been quite, quite yeah. a lot more consistent than we've been. <laughs> this is true. I, I do hope she's actually listened to the podcast. There's no evidence yet that that's the case, though. I mean, I'm going to say nothing would make me happier to know that she's listened to this podcast. And if she is listening, we love you. Like genuinely, like, and also, I said it in a tweet then, in a follow-up tweet. Very generous with the fans. I've not seen another cast member like, uh, just obviously she's like looking to see what's being said and interacting. So that's nice. Yeah, I love it. Just love really her more lovely. every day. Absolutely. And talking about fan interaction, a little shout out to to David Corbett, who's uh, been making some insightful comments on our episodes. Yeah. Hi, David. Love to hear your thoughts. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully, you'll uh, you'll be uh, spurred into responding again after what is what is undoubtedly going to be another incredible episode. <laughs> I hear you've been doing uh, some exciting EastEnders things this week, Una. Oh yeah. So this week, I so I've periodically I don't have a Reddit account, but I like periodically have been on Reddit because. There's this um, really funny like relationships thread where people ask for relationships advice um, 
and I love it. It's very entertaining, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Just suddenly this week, I was like, how, how have I never looked on Reddit to see what EastEnders fans are up to? And I found this great, yeah. <laughs> I found this great fan forum. Well, I'm just going to look it up now because I can't remember what the name is. And I was like, yeah, I wonder what the uh, what the EastEnders fans are like on um, on Reddit. And literally, I went on this forum, and the first thing I saw was this post that just said, "Ian is the ultimate incel." And then I mean, it was just like, that's it. Perfect description. Absolutely perfect description. Literally, so true. I was going to say something about the fandom on Twitter. And I think there's a really lovely community there and a lot of people have like found friendships, relationships, like reduced their isolation, I think, through the fandom. So I've got a lot of time for it. Only small thing I'd say is that um, it's very Balam based. And I just wonder, is the Reddit forum as Balam centred? The Reddit forum is very broad, I would say. Okay. I'm really like kind. I really like um yeah, there's a lot of exploration of the different storylines, a lot of like empathy for all the different mm. characters. Yeah, it's really in depth actually. That's lovely. I need to get like on it. What's Yeah. It's just called EastEnders. I've just looked at a subreddit, so reddit.com forward slash R forward slash EastEnders. Brilliant. Oh no, it's called EastEnders, the UK's finest soap incredible i probably could just google eastenders reddit i imagine that's what i did and that's how yeah. i got there go go find it are you gonna be uh posting in there um i'm more of a lurker on reddit to be honest i did actually yeah. end up so i said i never had an account i did end up actually making an account just so i can like upvote people's comments when i like them yeah so. i mean the ian incel one i feel yeah, like, I, like I need to like that so that's nail on the head stuff absolutely yeah well, well done, Reddit EastEnders. I think we have more EastEnders news, but I think we're going to cover it during the episodes, right? Yeah, I reckon so. Should we check our predictions from last week? Which Absolutely. And you should go first, because I can't remember <laughs> mine. Um, so <laughs> I actually wrote them down last week because we, we and Nav have this problem every single podcast where we're like, let's check our predictions from last week. And then neither of us uh, can remember them. And then we have to go back 30. and listen to the podcast. I know, ridiculous. We're so old. <laughs> so bad. All right. You, you tell me your prediction and then tell me mine. Right. So... Uh, my prediction was, I mean, I'm going to say this is actually less of a prediction and more of a, um, a summary of a current, very obvious storyline. Um, yeah. <laughs> Callum will give up Phil in exchange for Ben, and this will cause conflict between Callum and Ben. Yeah, okay. I think you need to give yourself more credit because I thought Callum was going to refuse to do it. And there was actually, you know, quite early on in the week, I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to be right. Turned out you were right, though. So it could have gone different ways. So it's still a good prediction, I'd say. Do you know what? Also, so I was watching this week. Sometimes my boyfriend Aaron watches EastEnders with me. He's not really a fan, but he can't, you know, you can't really live with me and not ever watch EastEnders. So sometimes (laughs) he does watch it. And we were watching this week and um, quite early on. Uh, I think on the Monday episode and Aaron was like when Callum was on the screen he was like just tell Phil Phil will give himself up for Ben and I was like oh my god I'd never considered that yeah and actually that's where I thought it was going earlier in the week I thought when Phil did his like second confrontation or whenever yeah I think it was the second confrontation and we were kind of discussing the episode now but 
um, yeah, I thought that was the moment at which Phil, like Callum would crumble um, and then Phil would be like, you know, the next scene you'd see would be Phil walking into the police station. Anyway, I'm going to leave that there because we're definitely discussing the episode. What was my prediction? So your prediction was that Suki would have a part to play in uncovering Chantal's murder. Right. So I actually am really pleased with that prediction because now that Kira is in the frame, I think Suki's motivation to, you know, help reveal that it was Grey. I still think it's going to be Mitch and Kira that are going to be the driving force. But Suki... You know, like Grey has messed with Suki's son to the point where he may end up going to to prison. Uh, You don't fuck with Suki like that. She's going to come for you. No, I fully agree. Because at first during the week, it was like she was um, she was very much just saying, like, hide the box. Don't tell anyone. Let's not get involved. No cops. But um, yeah, she's got her son to defend now. She does. She does. Bad move, Grey. Bad move. They have screwed up, screwed up. So it's probably a good point to get into the episode, right? The the Chantel uh, and Grey uh, aftermath. Um, how do you think? Do you think it was uh, tackled well in general? The aftermath. Uh, in general, yeah, I did think it was, and I was a, I was a bit relieved to like not have too many heart wrenching scenes of the aftermath. So I just like, mm. I think we said last week, just like, oh, it's so grim, isn't it? And just like yeah. sort of dreading watching the next week of EastEnders. Right. I did think that, um, so on Monday we saw the Taylors like come back from their holiday and find out what had happened. And I was sort of like, so are you telling me that not a single person on the square like rang Karen right. or Mitch to see if they were okay? <laughs> right. right. And and you would expect them to have like a flood of, you know, people have mistakenly texted people to be like, I've heard, I'm so sorry, etc there would have been at least a kind of sense that something had gone wrong by the time they'd got yeah. back to the square. Even Billy uh, Mitchell did not just ring Karen to, like, check in. Well, I mean, he's... Obviously, Billy's now distracted by Honey's completely unannounced return. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, I completely just forgot that she had even been So, uh. he's distracted um but uh yeah no i thought it was really odd and also i think i still maintain and i think you know you said this last week that eastenders have done quite a good job when it comes to filming and it not making it too obvious the the covid restrictions they're having to work around but the lack of kind of like tactileness this week like when hugs and hand holding and you know there was they did do quite i think it was actually quite well done a scene when karen is hugging gray now obviously she wasn't hugging gray she was hugging some kind of mannequin um (laughs) but i think the lack of kind of like tactility this week was it was just a little too it was a bit clearer wasn't it and it's quite weird as well because I don't know if I'm right about this, but it seems to me like the the route that EastEnders have gone down is that the pandemic is over in EastEnders world. That it happened, it's gone, it's over. There was no mention of it. There was no one adhering to any kind of guidelines. There were no face masks. Like, it just felt like... And there was a bit where kind of Phil mentioned it all, like going wild and then dying down. And like, I was a bit like, so is that what they're doing? Is that just there's no more pandemic? in I think Warford. yeah I think they're definitely in the kind of like it's getting better mode and they obviously can't be blamed for the fact that you know we have a shit government um 
but uh, and things have got worse again. There was though the um, and actually I think let's mention this now because uh, it actually made me quite sad. Was the uh, the mention of Patrick having oh, had it? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that was sad. Yeah, and obviously we hope the actor hasn't actually had it, and I don't think he has. We haven't heard anything. But yeah, that was quite a kind of like, I think quite a clever way of kind of inserting the fact that it's been the elderly that has been most affected yeah. by this. Glad to know that he's alive, but and obviously hope he's he's getting better. Yeah, and hope he can come back at some point. Right. But yeah, I was just thinking that if they are going with this thing of like, okay, we had the pandemic, we had lockdown, but but it doesn't, but in EastEnders world, it's finished then it's going to get very weird because it's going to diverge from like our reality so much and also like you know they're going to have to keep social distancing in place for like right a long time well it's going to be odd because like at the beginning of eastenders return it was fairly close to reality and as you say like it's going to diverge so it's a bit like a part of you feels like well maybe shouldn't have bothered at all but i guess they needed to do something to explain the social distancing that was was obvious in certain places but yeah. as you say it's it's going to be and also the filming is like you know they've already filmed like the christmas episode so the filming is quite far behind so they're yeah. not even going to be able to change it up anyway no yeah i get yeah i mean i agree it was a bit more uh, it was a bit more noticeable this week <laughs> there were particularly right. um there were some scenes of like lola and lexi and phil where it's just like there's like Lola is standing nowhere near her daughter at any point. Right. Um, right. Yeah, very strange. So what do you think is gonna happen then with uh Kira and Mitch and, and Gray? Do you think where do you think that's going? Um, I agree with you. I think that kind of Mitch and Kira are gonna become this little team. They're gonna like try and bring it out into the open and then I think this like attempting to kind of like skewer Kira will backfire for gray and as i said last week i still think this is going to happen relatively quickly yeah i hope so and actually what i really liked uh, i think it was the end of the week where you know mitch obviously his suspicions are aroused by kira he'd obviously previously thought something uh, bad was happening in chantel and gray's relationship anyway then he had that quite low moment where he was drinking and Karen was having none of it. But yeah. I'm really glad at the end of the week, like he kind of stood up for himself. He didn't yeah. relent. So there was that moment again where Karen tells him to leave, but this time in the pub and he says, I'm not going anywhere. Now, obviously he does leave then after that, but I think he's now in the zone of going, you know what, Gray, I'm taking him down. Yeah, I love it. Mitch versus Gray. Go on, Mitch. Oh, man, Gray, the guy who's playing Mitch, I think is really coming to his own. Yeah, oh, he's absolutely brilliant. I'm so glad that really they've, good. you know, given him more prominence in this storyline. Right. Yeah. Do you think um, Karen's, like, still kind of, like, loyalty to Grey, is it... I, 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 the answer might be yes, but, like, is it still believable? I think so. I think, like, they did quite well when she sort of had her rant at um, Mitch and she was just like, well where have you been all this time and now you mm. want to like point fingers at someone yeah. like that made it a bit believable for me it's kind of like probably the guilt the like this thing that we discussed last week of like she had Chantelle down it's like the child that she didn't have to worry about and then like right. she's had to <clears throat> she had to raise all her children herself and now Mitch is back in the picture and he's kind of like making this whole thing more traumatic in her eyes so it kind of made sense yeah. to me I mean obviously also driven by the storyline <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And I think you kind of like explained it well in last week's episode. So I, I, I'm always a little bit like, would this happen? Would this happen? But actually, I guess um, she's always kind of been, you know, as you say, like quite almost kind of thankful to Grey in a slightly odd way, like um, in a kind yeah. of almost like old fashioned kind of way. And yeah, she doesn't she doesn't want to let go of that. She's still quite kind of impressed by by him and quite proud to have him in the family, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it still fits in. I just wonder if there will. Do you think there'll ever come a moment where she'll uh, figure it out or will it be only after it comes out? Oh, I don't know. I feel like she might have a realisation. I think Mitch might bring her round. Yeah. Because she saw how yeah. Chantel was acting as well on that night. Right, and I'd love, like, I don't want Karen to find out after it's kind of all, you know, out there that maybe even Grey gets arrested or what have you. Like, I would like her to be involved in his comeuppance. Yeah, that would be satisfying. Right. Right, there we go. So, other big stories this week. Someone's back on the square. Stacey has returned. I quite like the, the, like, initial... You know, she tried to put on this facade of like, you know, like she spent all of this money and she doesn't give a shit. But I like the way throughout the week, like that facade is like taken a hit in various different places. Yeah, it's very classic Stacey. I kind of like how it's almost like Stacey and Kat are like becoming more similar. Like such a strong resemblance there is they're like both very like fiery and impulsive and also like very vulnerable at times. Right. Because that's the thing, like, she came back with this quite kind of strong attitude. She wasn't going to give a shit. But then obviously she, you know, saw her relationship with her mum is not so great because she hasn't been around. She uh, she didn't really understand uh, the extent to which, like, Martin had gone to protect the family. So obviously that's been a bit of a, a revelation to her. So, uh, yeah, I think it's quite, as you say, it's like played into, like, all the different aspects of her character the kind of strong feistiness right and then the kind of vulnerability as well should we um should we have a listen to her entrance because i really enjoyed this scene let's do it okay i take it from the look of you you're not here to give me a bonus no i know i know everything so where is she who you know damn well who you're thieving slap out of a cousin i want her address what makes you think i've got it i haven't seen her in over a year you're lying it's a private barn here, can we all pile in? Oh, faces on the terrier. Anyone I think you ain't pleased to see me? Oh yeah, she's back. Yeah, <laughs> she's very much back. There were some bits of the storyline that like, so the only bit that bothered me was that like, um, I feel like, because obviously we know Lacey Turner like left EastEnders because she's on maternity leave, she had a baby. Mm. And um, I think that was one of the loose ends that didn't get tied up very well. So we had like Martin uh, got wrapped up in all the stuff with Ben, went through a sort of like Breaking Bad phase and he told Stacey to stay away. But then like when he was ready for her to come back, she just didn't come back it was just all very unclear to me why she didn't come back for like any of the important things that she needed to come back for 
Yeah, and given the fact that I think previously they've used phone calls increasingly in like a character's absence, I, I'm not saying she should have worked on her maternity leave. Like that's entirely up to her. <laughs> they shouldn't have obligated obligated her. Get together, Lacey. Come on. Well, no, but they there was a phone call with uh, Lacey and Kush, right? So she did it once. So I feel like even if 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 she was all right with doing that, then maybe they could have had one other phone call where maybe it was a bit clearer yeah because before she left she was so committed to Jean and she was so protective of Jean and then like it didn't make any sense to me that she wouldn't be around for like her mother's journey with cancer for the death of Daniel like none of that was congruent for me with her character right by the way was Cherry given back during the hiatus or did that happen before lockdown I think she must have been. I don't remember Cherry going back to Haley. So did was that where where Cat was? Did Cat go to see Haley? Oh, I don't. I don't even know. Again, this is one of those things where they're like, "Oh, Cat." Yeah, no, they didn't wrap it up. Cat just left somewhere, and they never told us where. And I think this is them telling us where she went. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you know, probably made things a lot easier as well to kind of wrap up that kind of Cherry and Haley storyline like you know yeah. I would quite like Haley to come back at some point but I don't think I would love Haley she... to come back although actually the actor I can't remember her name Katie something uh recently had a uh, quite a racist rant in the street so I think maybe they can't bring her back anymore and maybe we don't want her back no um like I don't want her back. That's the end of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that is that is a that is a shame. But um... but yeah, I mean, fair enough. Like it got a bit raggedy before the pandemic. They've used lockdown to tie up some loose ends. That's all right. We can I can move on from that. Well, one bit of news that we were saving for now is that uh, Lacey Turner is going to be leaving again fairly soon. She's having another baby. Yeah. Yeah, well, good for her. Absolutely. Like, um, I wonder if she knew uh, that was the case when she came back, because it would be good if they've not had to like, they're not going to have to like just cut short a couple of storylines. I hope they've got her storyline kind of neatly uh, mapped out from her coming back to her leaving again. Yeah, that'll be very annoying if it's just like another sort of like messy entrance, messy exit situation. I think from what I've heard, she will have likely known either like right at the start of her filming again or quite soon afterwards. So hopefully it's not going to disrupt things too much. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, it does disrupt kind of what I thought was going to happen as I was still really holding on to like Martin and Stacey being like destined to be and that being the outcome. This is like Stacey just resettles in the square back with martin again but i suppose that can't happen now do you think that's why we saw this week you know obviously martin's head was going to be turned a bit by stacy's return um but he ultimately is kind of committed to to ruby and you think that was basically because they knew stacy was only coming back for a short amount of time they initially thought they'd get her her back with martin but actually once she kind of said that she was leaving again they were like you know what let's leave martin with ruby yeah, maybe. Although I do feel like they were, when that scene in McClunky's was very much hinting at like this connection still being there between Martin and Stacey. But I think they played that quite nicely, which is the fact that like they were together, they do have kids together. Like it's not like he 
left her you know as you say like their separation was a little bit weird and confusing so i i you know people still have like things for their exes and they've got a lot of stuff to resolve so i think it was nice the way they played like a connection between them but i don't think that means that um he is gonna go back to stacy maybe i'm wrong i don't know i guess we'll see yeah. But we did, um, so we also, as well as Stacey, we got to see all three of uh, Stacey and Martin's kids. The kids are back, absolutely. So we saw, um, early in the week, we saw Arthur, who is walking and talking now. Absolutely, yeah. I love these talking children that we're seeing in EastEnders. <laughs> it's, it's excellent. And then we saw uh, Baby Hope. The littlest one, who's mm-hmm. he's pretty big now, but but it's been a year, hasn't it, since we've seen Stacy and the kids? That's what they said. Yeah, and actually, I really love the fact that we saw kids more this week, like, and it wasn't just them. Obviously, we saw Amy as well, and we'll come on to that that storyline in a bit. But um, it's making me think back to you know we had the discussion about two thousand and. And eight, and I didn't really watch many of the classic episodes, but like I caught clips of them, and actually, there's a real difference between like how uh, prominent the child actors were back in like 2008, and when I say child, I'm going all the way up to teenage years as well, um, and it just kind of disappeared for a few years. So I hope this is like a new direction they're taking, where they're gonna give the kids like a few more lines, a few more storylines, particularly those kind of like you know preteen and teen story yeah. storylines. So we only saw one line actually from Lily, um, but even that one line, she had a lot of attitude. It seemed like they were really like priming her to come back because um, she right. really sort of like when she left the square, she was very much still like little child, um, you know, quite cute. And she came back. She's like a tween. She's got some attitude. Right. You can see some Stacy in there. Um, pretty, right. We've got a new actor there as well. Do you think uh, we're going to see, I would love it, in fact, a friendship between Amy and Lily? Oh, yeah, that would work really well, wouldn't it? Right. Do you know, I was, I've was i been watching some of the classic episodes on, on the drama channel. And uh, there's I just love the friendship between Tiffany and Bianca. And they're both like, they're older than Amy and uh, Lily, um, like mid to late teens. Um, but I would love like, you know, it almost kind of replicated with uh, uh, Lily and Amy, like just just a really nice, like female friendship between the two of them. Yeah, I think that could be like a very interesting relationship. They're almost kind of like family in a way, because obviously, like Amy's a Branning, right? And yeah, both like the same age, roughly. Both got quite a bit of attitude. Yeah, I think that'd be a great development. Do it, EastEnders, do it. We want <laughs> to see that. Let's make it happen. Shall we talk then about the uh, the Amy Isaac storyline? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this storyline? Um, Amy's got some kind of like Karen vibes, hasn't she? Which um, <laughs> like I actually think is quite, if it's deliberate, I think it's quite kind of well written. Like, you know, she's got, uh, her dad is in like a mixed race relationship, like, uh, she's got this crush on Isaac, but it's problematic, obviously, because of the age difference. But clearly she, I don't know, like, I wonder if there's a kind of racist element to it as well in the way that she kind of views, like, Isaac, like, she's going to, obviously, I initially thought the whole, like, 
her um you know trying to claim that he's a he's a pothead as whoever said it on the square uh, <laughs> said it that i thought that was going to be she was going to then blackmail him to like uh continue to tutor her and what have you that's obviously not the direction they've taken no. but they've given her this kind of karen vibe i mean i don't know what you if i'm reading too much into this but i don't know what you know that that is where my mind went as well like particularly because obviously like there's been tension between denise and jack in relation to keegan and, and jack just not understanding kind of racism and not understanding his part in that and i was like i wonder if they're bringing this up again because jack was quite like quick to be suspicious of Isaac and obviously Denise is is defending him but um I was I was a bit like I was pretty surprised about where they took that by the end of the week so with like um Lexi bringing it up and then Phil going straight to the head teacher yeah it seems (laughs) it seems unlikely um I was like since when would Phil a give a shit b grass someone up it'd be more like just go around and beat him up yeah, but it's it's also weed as well. Like the <laughs> yeah. EastEnders, the way that EastEnders deals with uh, drugs is so moralistic, but it's moralistic so funny, to the point it? like where it bears very little resemblance to reality. And it's like, where where does that come from? Yeah, it's it is hilarious. Like literally, every time anyone in EastEnders takes drugs, they either like they they normally nearly die, they nearly yeah. die, or they like get arrested. But right, and like, it, guys, it's weed. I don't understand. Like, surely everybody knows somebody who does a bit of weed or used to do a bit of weed. Uh, you know, like it yeah. just seems so weird. There's like uh, these huge consequences, these like huge moral implications of doing drugs. Yet, how many people on the square have actually like participated in murdering someone? And we're kind of just over it now. Right, and also like, if you know if it was slightly closer to reality like routine coke use would be like all over the square um, <laughs> yeah but so yeah it's really like it's this this kind of like weird sanitized space like walford uh is where like people only do drugs uh, like once in every five years and it has these large consequences when it happens yeah it's very strange but isaac is uh he does seem to be an addict. He seems to... Uh, there were hints at the beginning, um, pre-lockdown, of his uh, alcohol problem. And we're seeing a little bit more of that. Yeah. And that, I think, like, is something interesting and, and, and worth exploring. And look, as you say, maybe he's got an uh, addiction when it comes to uh, pot or ganja, as uh, as Phil uh, also <laughs> called it as well. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's, that's the route they're taking. But... Um, it's a slightly odd way to like uh, initiate the storyline like that he finds a little bag of, of weed and and then we find out about a weed addiction if that's where they're yeah, going. Yeah it was all a bit like weird and awkward but oh well. Do you think there's anything more to the crush storyline or do you think that's done? Um, I kind of hope it's done because I just feel like uh, I just don't think there's many uh, like responsible ways you can go with that storyline. I just, it's like a rocky one, isn't it? Like um, a child making up a story about someone because the child wants their affection, hasn't been given. I just just think that like you should be careful with handling that kind of subject matter on TV. Yeah, I think they've projected, um, yeah, you're completely right that like you don't want it to contribute to anything that means people don't believe children particularly uh, like young women like who 
it, you know sinister intentions might be kind of projected projected yeah, upon them i did um, i was a little bit like it's a little bit too close to that for me yeah, but it's good to see mind. amy again she's uh she's been in it a long time hasn't she little trooper absolutely absolutely and getting a few <laughs> more lines so on the topic of phil phil is uh well i thought he initially was gonna discover callum's deceit but um do you think he properly buys uh callum's lies and also callum suddenly becoming incredibly good at lying like but do you think he buys it now <laughs> i mean callum did two really big lies in like one day didn't he and one of them phil didn't believe um yeah i kind of i think that phil will grow to trust him i think that's what they're, they're kind of setting him up for yeah i think so um i i was i was quite even though the first lie didn't entirely convince phil but it was really um richie who uh who convinced phil so phil did actually believe believe callum um but i was a bit like where has this come from that like literally on the spot callum is coming up with pre-convincing lies without any hesitation yeah i know right because he was always so like bumbling and cute and just unable to lie right really really odd and do you think ultimately that's where it's going to go that Callum does help to, to bring Phil down? Yeah, I think it seems like they're going to get him like right in there in a total mess of like, um, what's that film it's reminding me of? The Departed. Have you seen that film? Yeah, but like ages ago. Well, there's like there's someone who's from the police who's undercover in like the local mafia and then there's someone from the mafia who's undercover in the police and it just gets into this like total like web of lies and difficulties and i feel like that's what they're doing with this he'll be like working for phil and working for this like kind of for the police but actually for this like corrupt police officer i'm quite enjoying it actually i wasn't very enthusiastic about this storyline last week but this week i'm like okay yeah this is interesting yeah and i wonder if um callum does a kind of like double deceit uh and ends up bringing that cop down uh when we're thinking it's going to be him bringing phil down but actually, it's uh, he's collecting evidence on this cop to to bring to bring him down. I would enjoy that. I really am enjoying like the parallels that they're kind of building up between the this cop. I can't remember his name. Can you remember his name? I cannot remember his name now. Which well, uh... anyway, the parallels between this cop and between Phil. I'm really enjoying how they're kind of um, building that up. Uh, in one of the episodes, there were kind of two scenes that sat. Um, in parallel very very nicely and both of them were conversations with Callum so I'm going to play the first one which is uh the bad cop having a chat with Callum in the car as far as I can tell you should be proud of yourself you did good good he called me out he knows that something ain't right he thinks he don't know if he knew we'd be talking in hospital right now but we're not are we which is a win in my book a win Whatever way this pans out, there ain't going to be no winners, believe me. Well, it could always be worse. I mean, you could be sitting at home crying because your boyfriend's doing time and you're working security in some poxy supermarket. Then maybe you'd know what losing really feels like, eh? <laughs> Listen to me. There's the good guys and the bad guys, OK? We're the good guys. As long as the good guys win, nothing else matters. 
So chin up. Right. The good guys and the bad guys, eh? I absolutely love it. Because I feel like I feel like that's literally what police officers think. Oh, 100%. Is this, is this the same cop as well that is inv- involved in the Keegan storyline as well? Absolutely, yeah. It's the same guy. I think they've done so well with him. And he's such a like EastEnders actor. He's got like the wheezy Cockney voice. Um, it's brilliant. But yeah, he was the Keegan cop who um, arrested Keegan and for absolutely nothing because he's a racist. Do you what do you think the writers where do you think the writers want us to to side because there's an argument not one that I buy but there's an argument that says that like objectively Phil is a bad guy he's done some appalling stuff he's like really ruined a lot of lives now putting aside as to like what the remedy is for that um in this instance obviously it's like you know the police like bringing him down is it that like the writers want us to to buy into that good guys bad guys narrative or are they still leaving it ambiguous or in fact are they do they want us to think the cop is the the bad guy in all of this well let's listen to this second audio clip so this is phil after callum's chat with this cop phil then has his own chat with callum so i'm going to play this You know, there's, there's worse people than me out there, Callum. You know, your boss, for example. Yeah? So maybe we should help each other out. Our family should. What do you want from me? I want you to look after your family. You keep us one step ahead of your friends at the office and I'll... I'll keep you in the loop about us, and maybe between us both, we can keep Ben out of trouble. There's no rights or wrongs here, Callum. There's only them. And there's us. Family. Nothing else matters, right? Are you asking me to work for you? Is he asking Callum to work for him? So I don't know if that answers the question of like what side we're supposed to be on, but it does set up kind of like two opposing moral systems. There's kind of like this police officer being like, look, we're the good guys. We're like the forces of order. You should just like, you know, you need to take down this bad man. He's a criminal. And then there's kind of, there's Phil. I would say, you know, I'm a socialist, so I'm going to say this, but like I say he's he's appealing to a sense of like class solidarity. in Callum say like he's just saying there's us and there's them like we're not the same and you kind of have to pick a side yeah exactly I think it's unfair to put Callum in that position because regardless of like uh you know the cops in in this scenario and I think it's pretty clear from all of our previous episodes what we think of the police none of that though like at least for me is an endorsement for some of the the fuckery that uh Phil has done (laughs) Yeah, no, that is fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like we're at the moment we're supposed to be on Phil's side, not really for a sense of like morality, but just because, you know, we've been with Phil all of his life, really. Like that's the side we're invested in and we're on like the side of the square and this cop is obviously like 
kind of really dodgy a little bit slimy so right. that's kind of where i where i feel like they're placing us at the moment but that's the thing though that's interesting so it's almost the same place that callum's being placed in and i think you're completely right and i'm in the same place as you is that given that choice it's always feel that i'm choosing um but that's not the choice <laughs> that shouldn't be the choice <laughs> um like if callum has made like a poor career decision in joining the police and he should have predicted this is where he was going to end up um but uh you know the fact that the police officer has given him this choice and phil has given him this choice i think is an indictment of both of them yeah um, it's not cool really is it right and he should be able to just live his life he doesn't yeah. to join the police if he just wants to live his life um but yeah that's you know i i, I have a little bit of sympathy for callum yeah, I have a little bit of sympathy for him, but he's made a series of bad decisions that have led him to this point. So because... I just want to say as well, like um, Ben this week was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I absolutely love that scene where like he just comes in, like um, I think it's Phil and Jay are like arguing about him, and then and then Ben just comes in back from the police station, just all cheery. I absolutely loved it. Right, and I love that we've had glimpses of this Ben like before when he's in this kind of like you know carefree mode and he's just having a great time so yeah it's I'm, brilliant because uh... it's actually such a believable it was never we were never quite sure whether we we're going to go with ben's character right. and he's been through kind of so many different phases but this for me is like actually such a believable like end point for who grown-up ben mitchell would be yeah and actually given how slightly boring like the balam scenes have been like giving Ben a bit of his swagger back a bit of this kind of carefree attitude and to be honest if they made him single again like I wouldn't mind it because he was quite a lot of fun when he was like hooking up with guys every other night yeah Um, he was he was very funny give him that back maybe they could have an open relationship not that I'm cliche in all gay relationships (laughs) relationship, but you know it's a thing yeah they could they could do like yeah let's not settle Ben down too early right Right. Anyway, so as we've been talking about Phil, we well, got a glimpse of uh, Phil's son. <laughs> Phil's son is so funny. So also, this is another episode that I was watching with my boyfriend, and uh, I actually had to pause it to explain what the hell was going on in the hospital. Like Aaron was just like, "What? Who are these people? Who is this child?" And I was like, I paused it, and I was like, "That." is phil mitchell and denise's son and he you know, was like what yeah i know do you know it's the thing is is that there could be something to this storyline but what a utterly ludicrous and terrible way to introduce it oh my god i was like no they can't be they can't be doing this when callum was uh explaining this crash to honey i was like no i was it was gradually dawning on me what this is going to be and i was like no 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 you can't do this yeah and she was on the phone to someone else and i don't know how capable you are of like being on the phone to someone and getting quite a lot of detail from somebody else's conversation that leads you to think your adopted son might be dead (laughs) but like i don't think that would happen to me should we actually listen to the clip because I think it's this is the clip of um, Callum explaining what's happened to Honey, and I just like I just think we should listen to this. And while you're listening, just try if you can count how many unnecessary pieces of like expository information were dropped into this conversation. Right. You're okay, don't they? Too good. 
just uh, finished up in a car crash. Well, wasn't that one over in Bow, was it? Phil, what's he got to do with it? Jay said that there was helicopters and everything, family or something. Family of four, yeah. 13-year-old girl dead, mum's dead. Dad and the son are touching guard wall for general. Oh, that's terrible. What happened? Hit him, mum. Dad was a vicar. He had a cross in the rearview mirror. It didn't help them, did it? Well, all right, calm down. I'm coming. The little boy must have only been about three. Still clinging onto his little cuddly lion. Must be his favourite. Had the bikes racked up on the car. Must have been going on lay or something. Imagine that, just whole family just gone. Just makes you realise how lucky you are to go home to the people you love, eh? My word. It's like he read out like the police report by, uh, of the incident. 13-year-old, Walford General, the occupation of the father, like the toy of the child. It's like, what are you, like, stop it. How would you even remember all of that? Like, why would that, yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Really bizarre. Actually, it reminds me just on the same storyline, not anywhere near to the same extent, but there was a scene uh, in the hospital between the nurse and, I forget the woman's name, but she's being played by, by Misha Paris, the, the soul singer. Um, and uh, she obviously comes in to tell her that her son is dead, I imagine. But like a nurse would not at the door just go like, can I come see you? And then just immediately say it's bad news. <laughs> yeah. There was so much that I was just like, you know, not everything in EastEnders has to be realistic, but just like so much just skipped over there. Like Denise just walked into a children's ward. Like, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can just like walk in to see whoever. And also then um... this, um, the boy's grandmother just immediately is like, uh, just doesn't get any detail on, on who this person is, who this person is, who's clearly very upset. Um, and yeah. just lets Denise into the room, like, in fact, invites her in. Like, I would ask, like, not in a kind of interroga- interrogation way, but I'd be a bit like, oh, how do you how do you know them? Very weird. Right. And this person that I've, you know, the grandmother surely be thinking, like, how have I never heard or met this person who is devastated at, <laughs> at what's gone on? Yeah. Oh, but um, I mean, I suppose they just needed to. There were some things they had to tell us in the storyline. I guess they just needed to like have that bit to um to like really build us up to the fact that Denise is obviously gonna take her son back. Right. Do you think this exposition and you know the way Denise interacted with I'm just gonna call her Misha Paris because I don't know the <laughs> the character's name. Do you think this is all kind of leads back to what we were saying before about the speed of the storyline so you know for her to have discovered a lot of this in a in a kind of normal pace would have been probably four or five episodes yeah um so do you think it's part of this like drive to like speed up the storylines i think it is a little bit yeah i do and i'm wondering if they kind of again we're talking about like listening to feedback and um denise has not had a decent storyline in quite a while and i wonder if this was a, also a bit of a scramble to like give her something meaty and and you know i'm i'm here for it i'm absolutely here for it but like i look i still think there's a chance of it getting better not a great start i think it could get better i don't know how interesting it will be because 
really what is the storyline the storyline is that she gave up a child for adoption obviously it's all a traumatic thing and it's a very difficult thing but in terms of like interest for the viewer it's just gonna be well I don't know maybe it could be interesting I mean where do you think Phil is going to come down on this. Do you think she's going to get him involved? Do you think he's going to be on board? Oh, I don't know. And to be honest, like this whole one night stand with Phil thing, I always found very difficult to believe. And I was kind of relieved when she gave the baby up for adoption because I was like, Denise and Phil can't have a baby together. This is stupid. Um, So I don't really know how they're going to navigate that situation. But Phil, you know, traditionally, he's a very broody man. Oh, God, yeah. And also, like, he was devastated when he realised that Sharon's baby wasn't his. So it wasn't that long ago that he was looking forward to having another child. So maybe this is this is the other child. Exactly. He loves to collect up his babies and have them in his house. That's what he wants. <laughs> to build up the, uh, the empire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe that's what will happen. Well, talking of another connection, uh, Sharon uh, has uh, reasserted her authority in the pub. Yes, Sharon. She's back. She's back again. But there was that <laughs> little scene where she reasserted her authority again. And Ian seemed to, like, you know, accept that he'd been an arsehole, that he's in these money troubles. But then there was a lingering scene of, you know, his face that shows that maybe he hasn't accepted that. He's just such a scumbag, such a fucking incel. God, I hate him. Yeah, I mean, this is all building up to his departure clearly now. I think we can safely safely say that and possibly Max's departure as well. Um, I, I literally can't figure out, though, like how it's going to like how this then leads on to that. Well, there was actually like a brief thing where Max said something like Ian seems to like want me to kill him or something. And I was like, is that what's going to happen? Is Max going to, like, kill Ian? Yeah, and in fact, there was two mentions of that. And I was a bit like, I hope this is not as clunky, like, this is not as, you know, clunky <laughs> signposting as I think it's going to be. Because not only did Max say that without Linda going, what? You're going to kill someone? And then uh, <laughs> later on, Ian saying to Sharon, oh, if Max found out, he would kill me. And it's like, what well, was suddenly we all now think Max will kill people. Yeah, I mean Max, he's been he's been close to killing people, but he never quite manages it really. No, like, and I if if he ends up killing Ian, I'd be a bit like, oh my days! Like, a the signposting has been like absurd, and b it's completely out of character. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I think it'd be an interesting storyline. But yeah, I, I agree. It wouldn't make sense for that to end like that. Um, did you enjoy? Linda and Max being new best mates. I love it. And obviously we got it, I think, the first week back of like the Zoom uh, hangouts that she'd been having with uh, with Max and uh, and Mick. Uh, and I quite like the fact that they've kind of kept that, that going on, that um, Linda has this kind of friendship with, with Max. I mean, there's one like argument that says it's not believable, but then, you know, people became close and you know like unexpected friendships like formed during lockdown people became closer that weren't that close like friendships were revived so i'm i'm here for it i mean i don't know i don't know what you think of it well all i'm wondering is can any woman just be friends with max (laughs) because he's irresistible 
that's what we know <laughs> from years of EastEnders. No woman can resist him. So is this just going to be a friendship? That's what I want to know. Well, yeah. And also, but what I'm wondering is that uh, particularly after Ruby, I'm wondering if they've given like Max this vibe that he's only interested in younger women there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And to be fair, like he wasn't doing his normal like creepy flirting with Linda. So it did feel like quite a wholesome friendship. But I just a little bit like I know from experience that on EastEnders, generally no woman can like be around Max without accidentally having sex with him. Ah, <laughs> uh, I that would be such a shame if they ruin this like this friendship. Um, and I, you know, I hope it kind of develops and and builds and what have you. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Here's a question though about the scene between Linda and uh, Max. So like. Max, like, so, so Linda says to Max, like, uh, is Ian having any money troubles because uh, he's, like, desperately trying to get, like, Sharon to earn more money in the pub? Um, so what more convincing does Max need to, like, really realise he's definitely not getting his money back? Or he, does he believe it, but he's just holding out, like, one last hope that maybe Ian can kind of get something together? Yeah, I was a bit like, come on, mate, you must you must have realised this at this point. Yeah, I mean, maybe he does like believe like he he doesn't believe Ian. So he's just letting Ian lie. But like he's thinking, well, you know what? There's no point in me trying to pull him up on the lies right now because I don't believe him. The only thing that's important to me is getting the money back. So as long as that happens, I don't really care. Yeah, I feel like we're seeing a more mellow Max in like post lockdown. So this might be like maybe he just needs a little bit of pushing from Linda to like really get on this. Yeah, we'll see, to be honest. I, and I, you know, I hope he does get his, his money back. I mean, what I, okay, you know what? Do my prediction now. Sod it. Do it. I'm going to do it now. In fact, should I do it now? You know what? No, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to remember it. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to do it at the appropriate moment because I want you to do. Oh, no, that's a different jingle, right? Anyway, I want to do it at the appropriate time. So, um, yeah, but I think we possibly wrapped up the storylines from this week, I right? I think we have. There was a lot happening this week, but I think we might have covered it all. So, yeah, we've done it all. Just left to do. Who is your EastEnder of the week? The jingle is back. Okay, <laughs> so I've got contenders here. Um, basically, it's between Stacy, Lily, and Amy. Uh, you got to pick one. I'm gonna go for. Oh, I'm just gonna go for Stacy. I'm gonna go for Stacy. Yeah, know. classic. I mean, she's. Yeah, I'm so happy she's back. Love Stacy. Right. We got a great return, but we didn't get a complete like you know change in her character. So like, yeah, she did this kind of grand entrance, but then we got some of the old Stacy back. So. Well done, EastEnders writers. Everything I wanted from the Stacey return. Absolutely. Who was your uh, EastEnder of the week? I'm going to go for a little bit of a wild card one this week. My EastEnder oh, yeah. of the week is Richie the Lawyer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Why was she your... I fucking love Richie. I just think she's so cool. And I always forget about her, like, in between storylines that she's involved. And then she comes back and I'm like, yes, it's Richie. She's back to save the day for crime. Absolutely brilliant. Like, how long has she been the Mitchell's lawyer? So, I looked this up. Uh, She's been the Mitchell's lawyer since 2006. There was, like, a brief hiatus where uh, she sent, like, a deputy... 
I guess she must have been like away that year or something, but like a little deputy lawyer came in place of Richie. But yeah, she's solidly been there for like right. everything they've been through since 2006. And also, uh, fun fact about Richie, she, she apparently was a stripper and that's how she made her money to do her law degree and become a lawyer. Fair play, fair play. Yeah, just total um, I wonder if that year uh, when she sent a deputy... And this might be my memory playing tricks on me, but I think it was possibly a time when, like, basically they just couldn't afford her anymore. Um, And it probably coincided with a period when the actor wasn't available. But I also think they played it into the storyline where the Mitchells just couldn't afford her time. So she sent a junior. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because there was a little while where Phil was, like, struggling with money. Yeah. Who? Uh, what is your uh, prediction for for next week and beyond? Um, I haven't thought of one. <laughs> I have. I have. So that's you have. Me. Okay, you go yeah. first, and I'll just uh, think about what mine is. Maybe you you work it out. A mine is not really a prediction for next week, so you know we can check ourselves. But uh, you're making a list, though, right? I'm making a list. Yeah. You're making a list. Okay. So mine is uh, that to pay off Max, Ian will have to just sell the pub again or sell the pub rather. And uh, Sharon finds a way of getting the money. Either, you know, she has some kind of reconciliation with Phil and Phil goes halves with her, but something along those lines where basically Sharon gets to stay uh, in the pub and possibly possibly become the the landlady. Oh, nice! I like that prediction. Yeah, you're so set on like Sharon just being back, being the queen of Walford yet again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's her it's her destiny. It's her birthright. True. Um, okay, so my prediction less exciting and maybe slightly more long term. We've seen that Isaac is having a bit of a descend into alcoholism, which I'm sure many people can relate to after the lockdown. Um, and I think Raymond coming home is going to be like Isaac's re- redemption. And I think it might be like also a way for him to work out some of his daddy issues. Well, particularly because we're not going to see Patrick on screen for a while. So they it's a kind of nice place to funnel that storyline. Yeah. And it was kind of, hopefully we can we can kind of see some at least some connection to Patrick without him being on the screen, because that was kind of um, I was looking forward to seeing that storyline to Isaac and, and Patrick, like building up a relationship. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm glad that they've chosen to, to shield uh, the actor who plays Patrick. So you know, for me, no hurry to have him back. Like I think you said it before. If there's a way of involving him through like audio clips or video clips, to be honest, like yeah. um, you know, I think some of the other soaps have done that, where they've like shown characters who obviously can't be on the set, but they've shown them on Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that could work so... if if they were up for doing that. So yeah, that's my prediction. Don't know if it'll happen next week, but maybe over the next few weeks. It's a good prediction. I'm uh, I'm there for it. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Long episode this week, but there was a lot of action on the square. Absolutely, absolutely. We will uh, see you next week, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.